Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. What's going on? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Back at it again, Friday. I'm actually recording this on a Thursday. You're listening to this. Actually headed to Scottsdale this weekend for a little bachelor party. Uh, Gonna get loose. Let my hair down. I actually don't have any hair, so I can't really do that. But uh, So recording this on a a Thursday afternoon. Uh, Gonna dive into the Middlecoff mailbag as I always do a little later. Easiest way to get a hold of me. I answer questions. A lot of people do mailbags. The way I do them is on my Instagram. So you go into the uh, direct messages and just ask me a question. And I'll answer it here. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. Uh, it's also my Twitter handle. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, all over the internet. So y- you like what you're hearing. I-, I do a lot of different stuff. have another podcast with Guy Haberman called Haberman Middlecoff. Right on The Athletic. Y- you can find me anywhere. Uh, I'm going to dive into something with anonymous sources and just something I vehemently disagree with when it comes to the media crushing anonymous sources. Some thoughts on Antonio Brown, and as I'm recording this, maybe by the time you're listening to this, he's been officially traded. He hasn't been officially traded as I'm recording this. But there is something interesting. I know Larry Fitzgerald said last week that he would have gone about it differently and uh, what if Larry Fitzgerald had gone scorched earth once upon a time and maybe ended up on the Packers or the Patriots? And I, I kind of listed out some players that you know probably should have done this once upon a time. Maybe their career would be looked upon a little differently, almost in a defense of Antonio Brown. Uh, and then we'll talk more football. But I'm going to start with this. You often hear this in—I I, I guess you see this. I, I follow sports the closest— 
politically, it's been hard these last couple years. Just social media, it's just overwhelming. Clearly, unnamed sources are really big in politics, like they are in sports. But unnamed sources, and I have been one as a scout, kinda. I mean, not really. Uh, I helped a couple people on some draft articles. But I was not allowed to use my name. So if you're going to get mad at, at anonymous sources, and we've seen this with a lot of people blasting Charlie Casserly's sourcing for Kyler Murray. Well, if you're talking to a general manager or head coach, technically they have the juice and the right to put their name on it. They are at the top of the food chain. But if I'm just the West Coast area scout, or I'm a pro director or a college director, I cannot put my name on something. And here's the thing. The media knows when they are asking you that you cannot put your name on it. Yet they know that usually you have the best information. Because for the most part, when you're not a general manager or a head coach, you don't have that much to gain or lose. Because as a, let's say I'm the West Coast scout. Or let's say I'm the in the region of Kyler Murray. And I like Kyler Murray or don't like Kyler Murray. It's kind of irrelevant. Whatever I tell you on him, I'm just giving you my opinion on him. It is not my decision to draft him or to not draft him. I am not the decision maker. So unless the decision maker tells you that, there's not, everyone freaks out, oh, it's lying season, all the anonymous sources. No, unless it's a general manager or head coach, I would say for the most part, guys are just telling the truth. I text, I got several close buddies in the NFL that are not general managers. If I text them and ask them a question, Yo, do you think Devin White is as good as Roquan Smith? Yeah, I do. Like, there's, just, there's no angle on that one. We're just having a conversation. And some media members get duped, but I think now there are a lot of people, maybe like me, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, you see Greg Gabriel, Mike Mayock is now in the NFL, that have like legitimate relationships with these people. That have a relationship with someone in the league that was not started on, can I do something for you or can you do something for me? You work with them. And I was lucky enough to work for people that are now all over the league and all over the media and just all over the place. It was kind of a unique little think tank of people from Howie Roseman to Brett Veach to Lewis Riddick to Phil Savage, who's running an AAF team. I was kind of lucky that I got all these guys. and I, Ryan Grixon. I mean, I had a front row seat watching Ryan Grixon before he got the GM job. But I, when I asked someone an opinion... And I, I get a text back from a coach that was in a meeting with Kyler Murray. And he goes, yeah, I, I, I experienced similar stuff to what Charlie was saying. There's no agenda there. But here's the other thing. If that coach is not the head coach and the one I talked to was not, he can't put his name on crushing a player. That is not how the world works. So all these media members are like, put your name on the quote. Amy Trask is someone that I see freaking out like, you should put your name on it. Well, Amy, you worked in the NFL. You you know they can't. Because guess what happens if you're a scout and you were to go, yeah, quote me on that. You get fired. I, you see this a lot with players. Like when an anonymous player crushes, you know, the quarterback. Or anonymous player crushes the coach. For the most part, that player is probably not the $20 million player on the roster. There's a decent chance that might be the backup guard. That might be the rotational linebacker. What happens in the hierarchy of any business if the guy near the bottom of the food chain crushes authority? We're to say, you know what? I think this coach is an idiot. We have no clue what we're doing. 
Uh, I, I can't believe the scheme we're running. The game plan we implemented all week, you know, my, my mom could have figured this one out. I just, I think we have no chance to win on Sundays. Uh, quote me, middle linebacker John Middlecoff. I would be released on Monday or Tuesday. But if I have those thoughts and I feel like telling someone, I believe them. It's been my one, we'll get into Antonio Brown here in a minute. I do defend, like, say what you want about Antonio Brown. I wouldn't go about it the way he's going about it. But it's hard to disagree that, yeah, Roethlisberger can say and do whatever he wants. And there are no repercussions, even when he completely fucks up. No one can say a word. Everyone's thinking it. We've all been in situations where the boss does something really stupid and every employee or every person under him are talking amongst themselves like, what is going on? But if you went, if you were somewhat of a public business and went to your local paper and told them that and put your name on it, you would get fired. So we see all this and you're going to continue to see this over the next couple months. Media people, I can't believe these scouts don't put their name on the quote. Of course they don't, because they would lose their job. And of why do the why does the media ask Joe Blow, West Coast Scout, about you know whoever Nikhil Harry or the best quarterback coming out? Because he knows he'll get a good quote from him. He knows for the most part it will be unfiltered. I am close with multiple GMs. If I text them a question, they wouldn't even give me the juicy stuff. It's just. They're too on edge this time of year. There's too much information out there. If I want the juicy stuff, I go right to the source. Bro, I, I, I text a assistant college director that's been through the school tr- twice. They give me the good stuff, and the media knows that too. And then they freak out on social media when they can't believe that things are said. Well, of course that's where they're said because you are the ones that get the quotes because you know those quotes will be the best quotes. And I, I think Charlie Casserly is just an old guy that talks to people and has been in the league for 25 years and been on an NFL network forever and just ask a couple people questions. I, I really think it was pretty harmless. And I, I went on a rant the other day on, on uh, my YouTube channel. Check it out, John Middlecoff. I was always, and I think a lot of personnel people, because the big knock on Kyler Murray right now is he was terrible on the board. Well, Couple things on the on the board. Kyler Murray plays in a pretty basic offense in Oklahoma, and he was a one year starter. So I don't expect him to be Peyton Manning on the board. And to be honest with you, I don't really care. The only question I have for Kyler Murray is, does he have the capacity to figure it out eventually, and does he have the work ethic to really you know be take that mental capacity once he starts learning how to watch film with pro coaching and take it to the next level? If I feel comfortable with that. I don't care about my board, how, what he what he does when I hand him a pen to the board. Because what am I paying my quarterback coach five hundred grand for? What am I paying my offensive coordinator one point five million for? And what am I paying my coach anywhere from five to ten million for? To just to to know the information. Why why do coaches who always know the information way better than players? You know the one place, and I mean the one place that their players I wouldn't say know it as well as the coaches. But as close to the coach's knowledge as any place in the country, and that's New England. Why? Because their coaches are forced to coach. Whether the guy learns with board work, whether the guy learns with film work, whether the guy learns on the field, that is their job. To, to take the information and give it to the players. And then to make sure the players know how to use that information on the field. 
That's the only thing that matters. I don't care how you learn. And I think coaches get too caught up in that. Because once the season starts, they don't teach as much anymore. You know the one place that teaches? Well, I know actually I got two. And I know a lot of places that teach. But Belichick, big time teacher. You know the other guy that's a great teacher? And I, I can speak on this because I've had a front row seat. Coach Reed. Teaching is really important. And he'll teach you however he has to teach you, but you will figure out the information. If you can't learn from Andy or Belichick, you can't learn. Now, sometimes you get situations like if you can't learn from Hugh Jackson, maybe it's Hugh Jackson. If you can't learn from Chip Kelly, maybe it's Chip Kelly. But coaches always love to fall back on. He couldn't figure it out. Well, what am I paying? If I'm the owner or GM, like, what are we paying you all this money for? I, I do not get it. I, I, I really don't. And that's a constant uh, in defense of Kyler Murray. This notion that because he's not good on the board, it's going to translate. Yeah, I mean, he's 21, 22 years old. He's played two sports. He's never really focused on football for the first time this year. And he played in, let's call it what it is, a pretty basic look-at-me offense when it comes to looking at the coach. He changes the play at the line. And the defense is in the conference sucked. So, yeah, he's going to have to learn more once he, once he, you know, he starts playing on Sundays. Welcome to life. So I, I really didn't take that much of it, and, and I just it, it really bothers me when people freak out about anonymous sources, especially the media, because they know exactly what they're doing. They need those anonymous sources because that's where their best information comes. And if you're not asking the general manager, it's you, you're usually getting the truth. So don't, don't let the media fool you on that one. You know what's funny is like the older you get, some sayings you got when you were younger really kind of resonate with you. Now, the most basic ones, like, you know, treat people well. It's something you cognitively think about the older you get. Like, am I treating my neighbor well enough? Was I just friendly enough to the guy at the store? Just basic things. I got yelled at forever about being on time, being on time. That's something that's just embedded in your head if that's something that you get screamed at at a young age. You just, you feel, I think, Insecure might be the wrong word. Uneasy. I, I just despise. If I say I'm going to be somewhere at one, I'm, I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs at 1250. It's the Tom Coughlin in you. But if you're around that growing up, it gets embedded in you. There are other sayings that, to me, the older you get in situations you go through kind of stick out. One saying a, a wise, wise, wise man told me is the only one who cares about you is you. Talking professionally. Obviously, personally, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your wife, your kids. I'm talking professionally. And the older you get, the more deals you get into, the more people you work with around, you realize how just selfish everyone is. And sometimes in life, you gotta be a little selfish. Usually, the most successful people in business are a little selfish. Now, you can balance it out with not being like known as the city or community asshole that will just screw over everyone. But, you know, I'm an aggressive... You think about yourself first. It's just... It's an inherent reaction. And you realize the more... And in my business, I'm in the advertising business and I have some partnerships. You just realize, for the most part, I'm lucky. I've been involved in some pretty good partnerships. But I have friends that have started businesses or been a part of businesses. You hear some horror stories. And again, I always, you know, resort back to... The only person that cares about you is you. Antonio Brown, who's on the Scorched Earth campaign right now probably jump the shark on that like I I disagree with the way he's handled it but you notice no one's really crushed him for the words he said necessarily about Big Ben no one thinks he's lying we we all think Big Ben is kind of questionable in some of the things he does that Big Ben 
is pretty selfish and definitely would never point the finger at himself. It's always at someone else, whether it's a coach, whether it's at a player. So people agree with Antonio. They just go, man, if you want out of there, which we can argue was the right move or the wrong move, but at the end of the day, Antonio Brown wants out. So I will not hate on him. And if you're listening to this, when I'm recording this, he hasn't been traded yet. That I don't blame him. Like that's what he wants is what he wants. Again, Larry Fitzgerald, who I think at the Sloan conference was basically said that I would not have handled that way. That Antonio should, you know, doesn't quite understand what he doesn't even know. Like, you've always had a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, you've had it pretty good. Look at me. I've played with a bunch of scrubs. And it got me thinking. Like, should Larry Fitzgerald, who, by the time he was like a second-year guy in the league, highest character guy in the NFL, one of the smartest guys in the NFL, most respected guy in the NFL, it'd be hard for Larry Fitzgerald to come off as a slap. And I think a guy like him was so terrified his entire career of ever asking or demanding a trade because it would make him look bad. And I think Larry hit the point probably midway through his career, like, Larry, I think you would have got some credit if you would have pushed to move out of there. And we have the one example that really stands out in the last 20 years is Kevin Garnett. He, like Larry Fitzgerald, super high-level guy, did not want to look bad and demand a trade. He was loyal. But the loyalty cost him. They struggled to make him get out of the first round of the playoffs. Eventually, he was traded to Boston, won a championship, became a legend. Larry Fitzgerald, he got to the Super Bowl once, made the playoffs a couple times. The irony is he's known as the greatest playoff wide receiver ever. And he struggles to even get to the playoffs. For the most part, he plays with scrub quarterbacks. Imagine if five or six years ago, Larry would have somehow got to Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Big Ben. He's already a first bout Hall of Fame. He would have been a Jerry Rice Jr. It would have been, you know what, who's the second best wide receiver of all time? Randy, T.O., but we would have talked about Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest playoff wide receiver I've ever seen. He dominates. But for the most part, he plays with nobody. And if he would have been a little selfish, again, you don't have to go Antonio Brown. You can be selfish when it comes to business, when it comes to moving from a team, and do it the right way. You know, you, you don't have to do it like Anthony Davis. You can Kyrie a couple years ago. Told the Cleveland, like, I don't want to play here anymore. LeBron's going to leave. This is not the place for me. It didn't get too contentious. He was just traded. A couple other names I wrote down, just off the top of my head. Joe Thomas. Talk about one of the truly great players of recent memory. His career is basically irrelevant. No one remembers any moments of his career. Now, for the most part, we don't with offensive linemen. But he definitely him. He didn't play in any games that ever we watched, unless you were a Browns fan. Never made the playoffs. Played in irrelevant games. Imagine if Joe Thomas, who it feels like like Kevin Garnett and Larry Fitzgerald, was so loyal. Refused to be like, hey, trade me to Seattle four or five years ago. Or remember when Peyton Manning won. Trade me to Peyton Manning. You're not a bad guy if you do that. You're not a bad human if you're a little selfish at times. Now, you can. it's a slippery slope. And you can jump the shark fast. You know, Terrell Owens, Antonio Brown. We've seen some crazy ones. But I do think you can do it professionally. And once you have equity as a player, like Joe Thomas, you're really smart and you're really good. I think you're a good guy. Larry Fitzgerald, you're a really high-level guy. Calvin Johnson, seem like a really high-level guy. No one's going to hate on you if you demand a trade. I think the thing with Antonio Brown is like, bro, you've been late. Uh, you know, you've had some issues. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Just like young Randy Moss when he came to the Raiders. It was like, what's going on here? He didn't really get... Terrell Owens. 
All those guys have the benefit of the doubt. If you have the benefit of the doubt and the equity built up with sports fans, I do think they'll support you if you ask for a trade. When you're on a bad team. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I I want to win. And I I think that Larry Fitzgerald, I get what he was saying. I somewhat agree with him that Antonio should have handled differently. He doesn't know how good he has it. But Larry, if you would have done an Antonio Brown move, you would be, your, your career might look dramatically different in a good way. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Good thing about doing a podcast, unlike a radio show, that if something happens, I recorded this over the day on Thursday, did a couple things early, then recording this part after some news broke, and it hit me. 
I crushed John Elway for trading for Joe Flacco. It, it made no sense. Well, news just broke. He traded Case Keenum to the Redskins. It sucks to be a Redskins fan. If you're listening and you live in Washington, I, I feel for you. Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, man, life sucks. But now John Elway, to me, this is what, when I saw that trade, and I thought that this guy John can now go trade for Josh Rosen. Give a second and have him play behind Flacco. This is what I thought about. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself. <laughs> I mean, I really think that if John Elway, over the next week, trades, I would trade my second round pick. You can go get Josh Rosen and have a young quarterback behind Joe Flacco and kind of let him get his sea legs back under him. And then you still have three years under contract next year after you got Flacco. How does that not make sense? I mean, come on, guys. Is this not the perfect move? That's just basically my take, that John Elway now has no excuse to not go get Josh Rosen. He didn't take him last year, which I don't blame him. He got Bradley Chubb, who's a big-time player. You got Bradley Chubb, and now you can go get a first-round quarterback with a second-round pick who's already been, the majority of his contract's already been paid. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, it's not that big of a deal. It won't cripple you. So you basically gave up, what, a fourth and a second for Flacco and Rosen. You got your immediate, and you got your future. I will hate the Joe Flacco trade way less if by the end of free agency or early in the draft, Josh Rosen is a Denver Bronco. To me... It makes too much sense to happen now. If I'm Josh Rosen too, I'd want to go to Denver. I'd rather play in Denver than the mess in Washington or Miami that consistently just does nothing or, you know, to be Phillip Rivers' backup or whatever because I could play. Hell, I, Flacco could get hurt. He did get hurt last year. Or Flacco could just not be that good. I could just beat him out middle of the season if we're not that good. So I, 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 I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I really hope that Josh Rosen joins Joe Flacco, and I'll apologize a little bit to Elway if that was his big-picture plan. Now, he probably didn't know that was happening when he traded for Flacco, but if he ends up with Rosen and Flacco as a quarterback room, that's not terrible. Okay, let's go Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, my, uh, my Instagram handle. Easiest way to get a hold of me. Okay, I'm a huge Tampa Bay fan coming from Finland. What are realistic expectations for the Bucks this season? If I remember correctly, Bruce Arians won 10 games in his first year as the Cardinals head coach, and they missed the playoffs that year because Seattle and, and obviously Harbaugh and the 49ers were really good. But he turned them around fast. Now, they got Carson Palmer. So, that, that helped a lot. And then they hit on some draft picks. You know, Patrick Peterson was there. They hit on Honey Badger. So they kind of hit the ground running. Could the Tampa Bay Bucks win 10 games next year? If Jameis is a pro bowler, they got Mike Evans. They drafted Ronald Johnson, who I liked a lot out of USC, that has to do something. He, he had a terrible rookie year. Have some players on defense. They have a really good defensive coaching staff. This is the whole coaching staff. It's all the guys that he won with in Arizona. So he has a playoff-level coaching staff. Can Arians get through to through to Jameis? That, that, to me, is the question. If Jameis can play at a Pro Bowl level, 35 touchdowns, 
12 picks. You know, I, I can't have the 18-20 picks. Just the disaster consistency, inconsistency that he has. So to, it rides on him. Now, is there any coach that you'd rather have to attempt to fix Jameis? I've said all along, no. Say nine and seven, I I, th- I think is somewhat realistic. Bruce Arians is that good of a coach. His coaching staff's that good, and Jameis has shown some ability. You know, I thought last year once Jameis kind of got things together, it was like, damn, this guy has something. Now he he throws up some hollow stats, but Bruce, the standards are going to get raised about tenfold, which should benefit everyone in the organization. I think nine and seven is realistic. If you have the Saints win the division, the Panthers are going to fall off a cliff. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What team am I missing? So I got the Saints, the Bucks, oh the Falcons. Yeah, maybe eight and eight. It's a little, a little more. The Falcons are going to should come back strong. Hey John, I was hoping you could explain the thinking behind the Cardinals potentially pretending to be interested in drafting Kyler. Wouldn't this mean they are not open to trading down? I think the thinking in faking everyone out like you like them, but not trading Rosen, so like you're just figuring out your options, would be to gain leverage if you know someone behind you is in love with them. And as everyone at the Combine said, John Gruden is in love with them. So if you could convince Gruden to give you a swap one and four and maybe give you a first-round pick, if you were going to take, if you were okay taking Josh Allen or whatever all along, and you were cool keeping Josh Rosen, and you get an extra first-round pick out of it, it's not that nuts. I, I To me, is that not... If somehow you could get convinced Gruden to give you like four, so I'll give you one, you give me four, you give me 24, and you give me like next year's... I don't know, next year, a good, you know, a second rounder. They don't have a second rounder next year because they did a pick swap. But you know what I'm saying. So I think it's to get a haul. And I've said all along, if Josh Rosen doesn't get traded before the draft, I think we'll have a pretty good idea that he's not going to be on the Cardinals. But not a 100% idea. Because they always could trade him on draft day. But I, I, I would say just the way the business is done, you probably trade them right when free agency starts, but if you're just keeping your options open, maybe you don't. I I don't know. I, I've been thinking a lot about that. The more information you keep to yourself, the more you keep everyone guessing. But the key, if you are going to take Kyler Murray and you want to get people to bid and just see what you could get for him, is to make people think that you love Kyler Murray. Because if you love Kyler Murray, you're going to have to be talked out of Kyler Murray. But you could always tell, convince people, like, I still like Josh Rosen, so if you can convince me to trade you Kyler Murray, a.k.a. the number one pick, we'd listen. But you're going to have to blow me away. You're going to, you know, we often say, like, in the NBA, to get a superstar, you got to pay, you know, usually superstars get traded for, like, 70%, 70 cents on the dollar. Well, in this situation with the Cardinals, if I know Gruden likes them, you got to give me like a buck 25 on the dollar. You got to overpay cuz someone's like Middlecoff, you got to give one, you got to give pick 4, pick 24 and pick 35. Well, yeah, if I if I love them, you better blow my socks off cuz I'm going to take them. And then I'll just trade Rosen on the day of the draft to Elway or to Miami or wherever. I can find a place for Rosen. That that's the least of my worries. 
but you got to give me an offer to make me consider keeping him and consider giving you the number one pick, which I know, in theory, I know you want. If Gruden wanted a good receiver, why didn't he keep Cooper instead of now reportedly going after a headache like Antonio Brown? You teach me a lot about football. Thanks. I think that Amari hadn't played that well for the most part with the Raiders the last couple years. Him and Derek were not on the same page. I don't think Amari is Mr. Practice super hard. I don't think he's Mr. Practice not hard. But I don't think if you go to a practice, you just really feel Amari. And that's the little type stuff that drives Gruden nuts. And then there was a big picture. His agent was Khalil Mack's agent, who had just had the crazy kind of holdout. Now, Amari's not even close to as good as Khalil, so his fifth-year option is this year. I think it pays around $14 million. Was he going to hold out? I would have been shocked if you held out, but I, I think it's more just for whatever reason, you know, Gruden's old school. He just goes, Antonio Brown's better, and he's under contract, I, and I have money to spend. I like Antonio Brown more than Amari Cooper. I would not do it. Amari's 24 with an enormous upside. Yeah, he's got some flaws, but as you saw in Dallas, he's pretty damn good, and as you saw early on in his career in Oakland, he's pretty damn good. He was drafted four for a reason. No one ever said it was weird when he went for. People said, wow, what a pick. I, I think just him and Derek not get along might be strong, but, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I don't think, I just don't think it was working. If you're John Robinson, the GM for the Tennessee Titans, what is your move at 19 in the draft? Do you maybe even try to draft a bigger name opposed to a bigger need with the draft being in Nashville? Let me stop right there. John Robinson, knowing him a little bit, 1,000% will not give one shit that the draft is in Nashville. But I know what you're saying. Also, is Tennessee teaching, reaching, trying to trade for AB? Uh, let's start with the latter. I don't think they're reaching, trying to trade for AB. To me, they make a lot of sense. If you could get Antonio Brown, their receiving core is terrible. You got Delaney coming back. Their running backs, actually. Derrick Henry looked pretty good down the stretch. Deion Lewis a good player. What if you did this? What if you can trade your second for Antonio Brown? Your defense is pretty damn good. Your defense is really good. Your front's good. Your linebackers are good. DBs are solid. Actually, not great, but, you know, whatever. Most teams don't have good defensive backs. What if you traded your second rounder for Antonio Brown? And what if at 19 you took the best receiver on the board? Or the best tight end on the board? You get a young tight end. And you just put a ton of weapons around Mariota. So then you know. You're either, because your defense is already a playoff level defense. You're kind of equipped to win if Mariota's humming. And then if Mariota's not the guy, you just move off him next year, you don't extend his contract. I, I, I think they go I think they go explosive playmaker at, at 19. And I, I, I do not, like I said, I, I don't think at all being in Nashville will affect John Robinson. He's, he's old school Bill Belichick-like. Hi, John, love the pod. I'm just wondering why you don't like Josh Allen. I get the accuracy concerns, but I think he proved a lot this season for the Bills fans to believe he's our franchise quarterback. His completion percentage was skewed because he didn't have any receivers who could catch the ball. Again, I do not not like Josh Allen. Actually, since he's been in the NFL, I'm I'm actually kind of a fan. I just am against guys that are that inaccurate in college ever being able to function in the NFL. Now, he showed a lot of signs, some big-time flash plays, but he did that in college. Some of the people that I trust the most in the NFL tried to convince me that I was being too harsh on him last year leading up to the draft. 
They're like, he's better than you think. He's actually not bad. And the more I followed on Instagram, I followed Jordan Palmer. And Jordan Palmer trains these guys. And last year he trained Sam Darnold and he trained Josh Allen. Well, this year he's training Stidham, the Ty- Tyson Jackson, or I think whatever his name is, the kid from Buffalo, the big guy, Drew Locke, and some other guys. And Josh Allen and Sam Darnold are back together. And I just see these guys a lot together on Instagram. They're kind of becoming BFFs. And I kind of like that. I, I, I just like those two guys. So don't get me wrong. I think Josh Allen, pristine character, seems like a high-level guy. I'm rooting for him. I just think at the end of the day, he has a fundamental flaw. Terribly inaccurate. And that usually is a fatal flaw in the league. Now, if he's so smart and he can read defenses and he can just incrementally improve his accuracy, and like you said, they draft some receivers this year, go sign a receiver, maybe he'll shut me up. And I'm rooting for him to shut me up. I want to be wrong on this now because I've followed enough and seen enough. I like this kid. I like him a lot. And now that he's boys with Sam Darnold, I I like that little pairing. Kind of ironic because they're in the same division, but it's not quite like basketball because... Two quarterbacks on polar te- on opposite teams can be good friends. It's not like you play each other. You're never on the field at the same time. So I, I think that's kind of a cool friendship to watch. John, we need to get a check mark by your name. Yes, it's stupid, but people care about this shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm new to the Instagram. I'm not new to Instagram, but new and being aggressive on it. What would take during the remainder of KD and LeBron James's career for the majority of the media professionals to actually be convinced that KD is higher than LeBron James on the all-time greatest list? I watched LeBron James pass Michael Jordan the other day on the all-time scoring list, and it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. I don't remember a player in sports that ever felt, that was really good in the prime of his career, that ever felt like he gave a shit less about the team he was on than LeBron and the Lakers, especially when you factor in how famous and big of a deal the Lakers are, just in general. It is pretty wild. If Kevin Durant goes to New York and wins a couple titles, the conversation 100% would change. I, I I doubt that happens. Kevin's a little soft, haven't had a front row seat watching him, but he is. he's an incredible player. LeBron has officially jumped the shark. LeBron tweeted yesterday how excited he was for a moment before the game about passing Michael Jordan after the team is in absolute shambles, and then they got boat raced by the Denver Nuggets. I I think LeBron's kind of lost right now. Kind of sucks. Massive Packers fan from Canberra, Australia. Never heard of it, but that sounds like a cool place. Question for the pod. Belichick has Brady. Belichick has the quarterback, yeah, with the biggest chip on his shoulder that he has been able to carry that throughout his career as the ultimate motivation. If the Patriots were able to trade for Rosen, could you see this as a similar situation? Rosen said in his first press conference that nine teams made a huge mistake today. So he already has a chip there. What sort of trade do you think would it take for this to happen? I think they could. They got two second-round picks, so I, I think a second-round pick gets it done. Uh, I thought where you were going with the question, would it piss Brady off? Now, I think when you're 41, you just kind of have to deal with them bringing in quarterbacks. I mean, they brought in his replacement five years ago in Jimmy Garoppolo, and he outlasted him. Now, would he outlast Josh Rosen if he was brought in? No. Yeah, I think the Patriot organization would be good for Josh. I think it's a no-brainer for the Patriots. I think it's a no-brainer, like I said earlier in the podcast, for, for the Denver Broncos. Uh, but the key is going to be, they're gonna if they want Kyler Murray, and we're going to know, well, definitely going to know on draft day, but 
we might have an idea in the next couple weeks if they trade Josh Rosen. If he really is on the block, which it sure as hell feels like, the Patriots should just be all over him. I think think it would be the best thing that ever happened to Josh's career to get to play with Tom, to get to be with New England, to to get to watch Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick operate every day, to go from the Cardinals that had the worst offensive line in the league, some of the worst skill guys in the league, one of the worst defense in the league, to go to the Patriots. Woo! Hey, John, lately the trend in the NFL has been to get a quarterback, then build around him. Specifically, pick a coach who is an offensive-minded guy, and he is the mentor to the quarterback. It would appear that the Cardinals are doing the opposite. They hired Cliff, and now appear to be getting a quarterback suited to his offense. Top 10 quarterback, be damned. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying, because they're getting rid of Rosen. Well, but if they do it with Kyler, they're falling in the same mold. Is this set up to fail, or will teams begin to do this even if it's remotely successful. So you're basically saying, I may be reading this wrong, that because Kingsbury didn't have anything to do with Rosen, they want to get have him pick the specific quarterback. I, I, I really think it's as simple as, Kyler's a pretty unique quarterback, and they didn't give up that much for Josh Rosen. If they had given up two ones to trade up for Josh Rosen, then I think that this would not be happening. But they gave up a third-round pick. A middle-of-the-road third-round pick. So it's pretty easy to justify in your head, especially if you trade him to the Patriots for a second-round pick. You go, what we traded for him, even though we used the first-rounder last year, we actually got a decent return back. We lost big picture of the deal. But it wasn't a major loss. And if Kyler Murray is, I don't know, Michael Vick, a smaller Michael Vick, we're, we're in pretty good shape. I, I, I think this is just a really, really unique situation. I, I don't know if the if the Arizona Cardinals mold for what they're doing with Cliff Kingsbury. Now, hiring an offensive coach, that won't change. But trading Josh Rosen a year after you know being in bed with him, basically, yeah, I, I think it's just a, it's more of an outlier situation that it'll, that it's something that's going to come the norm. Uh, mailbag question. With NFL free agency upon us, and the draft closing in, can you explain the compensatory draft pick process? I believe a lot of fans have heard about comp picks, but few understand. I'm not a cap guy, but I'll give you the cliff note version how I understand it. If I have a free agent, let's say he's, you know, a right tackle, and another team signs him, and that team makes him the highest right tackle in the NFL. If I replace that player or just a player of the same value, let's say I sign another position for the same contract or in similar money, they cancel each other out. But if I let four or five players walk and a couple of them sign huge deals and I do not sign any free agents, well, then I'm going to get really good comp picks. They start in the third round. So I think it's based on who you sign and what you let walk and how close it is to being even. If you, obviously, if you sign a lot of players and don't let anyone walk, you won't get any. If you let a couple players go, but they don't make that money, but you also sign players, then you don't get picks. So I think it's all dependent on who you sign, how much money you sign them for, who you let go, how much money they sign for, and how it balances out. The Baltimore Ravens typically don't sign many free agents. But every year, they have multiple guys that sign big deals away from their team. That's why they always end up with multiple third-round picks. 
Like last year, the Patriots let Malcolm Butler walk. Well, who'd they replace him with? They already had players on the roster. They signed McCourty's brother, but maybe they traded for him. They didn't really sign anybody. They got Trent Brown, but they traded for him. That's why they get comp pick pretty high, because they had a big free agent leave, and they didn't balance it out. So I I think it's all about balance on the books. So it's trying to, don't quote me on this, and maybe a cap guy would think differently, but it's like uh, it's trying to keep an equal playing field for teams that lose free agents, even if you can't afford to keep them. I think it just helps competitive balance, which is cool, and it's just it's a good thing for the league. But it's also they don't start too high. Third round to me feels about right. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a good weekend. Keep keep the questions coming. Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff. Slide up in those DMs. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We got free agency starting next week, so we'll be we'll be coming out guns a blazing. Adios. See ya. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.